0: Hello, ladies. We would like to welcome you to our goodness and gracious podcast. It is our desire for this podcast to help women to grow and be strengthened by taking the Bible and laying out God's plan for our lives. Now throw in some laundry. If you have kids at home, send them to their room. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink because it's time for just you and God. Oh, well, and I guess us. Now let's dive right in.
1: Welcome back, ladies, and thank you for joining us for Far Above Rubies, A Proverbs Perspective, Part 3. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us once again. Thanks for having me back. In the last segment, we talked about how a Proverbs 31 woman is not afraid of manual labor, not afraid to get her hands dirty, for her husband, for her kids, for the reputation of her family, and her God. We will introduce a new character to the scene. This woman may surprise you in her commitment to being what God wants her to
0: be. Let's pick up where we left off. Proverbs 31, 18. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. This is a woman that knows what she has accomplished. All that she does and all that she will do is good. Having confidence does not show a lack of humility. Paul was confident yet humble in his work for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15:10 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me.
2: When we have prayed, studied, committed ourselves to be pleasing to God, we can trust that our efforts are good. If at any time our efforts are not good, we can have a full confidence that he will let us know. He makes us aware of what is not pleasing to him through reading, praying, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is where chastisement comes in. It's hard, needful, and very thankful for that.
0: I like um, that chastisement is individual, that looks different for everyone. But, two, I feel loved when I'm chastised. Um, when I correct my kids, I do that because I love them. I want them to be better. I want them to grow. When he chastises me, I feel loved. He's loving me, he's challenging me to be better and to live better.
1: Now, it's like he's pulling you up on his lap. I mean, when, you, when you're angry with your kids, you know, and you're trying to teach them right from wrong. You pull them close. You don't, you don't do it from afar. You pull them in close, whether it's under your breath or, you know, staring them straight in the face, pulling them close. And I would have to imagine that, that that just makes them feel more loved. Like they are worth it to you, you know, to, to make sure that you're making sure that they're knowing what's right and what's wrong.
2: Godly women do not boast about their accomplishments or their tried and true methods but they can know that their plan is going to succeed. This applies to our domestic methods and adventures outside the home. This includes housework, child rearing, care for their husband's needs, and any outside jobs or pursuits. When God blesses their lives with their families, others will see and you are able to help others if they ask for it.
1: This is where we would like to introduce our new character. We present JL. Some of you have never heard that name, and some of you have, but are more familiar with her story than her name. Let's read Judges five twenty-four through 27. Blessed above women shall J.L., the wife of Heber, the Kenite be. Blessed shall she be above women in the tent. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought forth butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the nail, and her right hand to the workman's hammer. And with the hammer, she smote Sisera. She smote off his head when she pierced and stricken through his temples. At her feet, he bowed. He fell. He lay down. At her feet, he bowed. He fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. In this story, Sisera is seeking to preserve himself,
0: and Jael
1: was a woman with a plan that she was confident in.
0: She knew the mission, and that was to take him out. The end result did not sway her from carrying out her mission with excellence. She had a reputation to uphold, even when the planned result was going to be, well, messy. The more desired drink and over-the-top meal were a must, even for the man she was going to kill. While
1: deep in study for this segment, I came across some words that stopped me in my tracks. In one of the commentaries I read, Intimidation false humility, timidity, fear. These are not Christian virtues, no matter how piously they are presented. I don't know about you, but that is hard stuff for me. Intimidation. Whether you
2: are the intimidator, we are all aware of that, or you are the intimidated, neither of these are Christian virtues, no matter how much you have convinced yourself that you are being religious in your intimidation. JL was not to be intimidated. It doesn't get more committed to the plan that she was. Virtuous women are confident in their own abilities and in their benefits to others. Knowing what God expects of us and that he alone provides that ability to meet these expectations should motivate us to work harder, put more time into being and becoming all that he calls us to be. We are to be strong and work hard, not just our husbands. Wise women know that this not only changes the lives of others,
0: but it also changes our own life. Bold, humble, modest. Some would not think that these words complement each other when describing a person, yet this is the prescription for being all that God calls us to be. In Song of Solomon 7.10, we read, I am my beloved's and his desire is toward me. This is a woman who is sure in herself so much that she knows that her husband's desire is in fact toward her.
1: So I think it's really hard for us to grasp a hold of um, the fact that we can be bold, humble, and modest at the same time. It's, those those words have never seemed to go together. And I find it just like a slap in the face that we are to be confident in the plan that God has for us. Like we should be able to stand boldly in front of anyone and give an explanation of you know why we are doing what we are doing if we know in fact that that's what he
0: what's he, what he has for us
2: yeah well, most of the time people think you're arrogant when exactly. you try to be bold it doesn't go hand in hand most people think
0: but i think that's cuz it's done wrong right i think if you're humble and modest the bold will come across the right way correct
1: you know i i think that offense is going to be there it's going to be a way of life for some people um so we're not ever going to get, be able to get past that and even if you're doing it correctly there's going to be some offense because Um, not everyone's on the same page, not, not everybody's in the, on the, in the same spot spiritually. Um, but I think that we should never let that stop us from being, we, we like to think that because someone's offended at us that we need to alter or change what we're doing for God, you know? And I think that's a dangerous territory to get into, um, you know, and I've had to, I've had to tell people straight to their face, I'm doing this because this is what God wants me to do. You do not get to decide what's right for me. He gets to decide what's right for me. In the last half of verse 18, we read, her candle goeth not out by night. Does this mean that she is to work 24-7? I don't believe that is even a reality, but it does mean that there is never a time when her mission is complete. Every single day offers the same and different opportunities to carry out this mission. New ministries, working with the poor and assisting the sick, are a few ways to make sure the mission is never complete. She doesn't faint. This is a hard thing sometimes. Although her behavior seems a bit extreme compared to lazy women around her, she should never attempt to labor past what the expectation is for her. Infringing on God's territory will take away her ability to not faint or grow weary. It will cause her humility to disappear. A virtuous woman knows the part that God has for her and she lets God have his place. I think this is where we, we mess up sometimes. We take it up, we, we feel like we're on the right path, we're doing things right, but we got to take it just that little step farther and we infringe. We actually do on, on God's place, you know, and then that's when we start to grow weary, we start to grow tired. I can't keep up with this, I can't maintain it. Um, but knowing, knowing when, we are, when we get to that point is key pill to swallow sometimes because yeah, sure you want to just
2: keep going yeah being the example of real christianity as opposed to carnal christianity she never lets the cost hinder her from being exactly what god asked of her would you say that some women may have limitations in this area because of health issues or stuff like that this doesn't mean that she can't do anything though right that's exactly right moving to proverbs thirty-one nineteen, we read she layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff some probably the majority and i must say that even i tend to read this verse as a virtuous woman must know how to sew this scripture is better used to describe a woman that knows how to use her hands and is willing to be a provider
0: there are many scriptures about using our hands first we're going to take a look at proverbs 10:4 he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand but the hand of the diligent maketh rich another is proverbs 12:24 the hand of the diligent shall bear rule but the slothful shall be under tribute and then there's Proverbs 21, 25, the desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. Proverbs thirty-one nineteen is describing a woman that knows how to do what she's doing, and she knows it well. Today, it makes more sense for a woman to be able to broaden her skills to make money in order to buy her clothes from a skilled company rather than make her own. We should probably be able to darn a sock or sew on a button, but more importantly, she knows what God has called her to do, and she is committed to do it for his glory. Proverbs
1: 31, 20, she stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Benevolence. This is what comes to mind when I read this verse. I found four definitions for this word. An inclination to perform kind charitable acts, an inclination to do good kindness, disposition to do good, and charitable kindness. Inclination and disposition are a person's natural tendencies and the inerrant qualities of their mind and character. This virtuous woman does not stretch forth her hand to the poor or reach out to the needy because of some idea that that is what she has to do, nor does she do it for show.
2: This woman genuinely cares. She almost feels lost if she is not lending a hand, an ear, money, or her time. This puts me back to listening to the NOIC Guidecast on Joy, Jesus Over You. It gives us joy to help others Um, with Jamie and Rachel. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because it's really, really good. Um, My testimony, basically, I went to the Family Dollar yesterday and there was a little old man coming out pushing the cart. He had a cane. He had stuff in the cart while he was standing at his truck trying to reach over into his cart, trying to get the stuff out. And he was really struggling bad. So I'm like, do you need some help, sir? About that time, he kind of got his last thing out. I says, here, I'll take your cart back. I got his cane out of the thing, put up against the truck. He said, thank you. So I took his cart back, and I sat down on my truck. It made me feel good because I helped him, not just for show, but to do something for God. And I sat down in my car, and I look over at him, and he just went, I mean, it just went all over me. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what kind of day he was having I don't know what kind of health conditions he had or whatever, but just to do that little act of kindness, I mean, it might not seem huge was just such a blessing, you know? And it's like, I need, because this came out in me because of listening to Rachel and Jamie in their guy cast. And it's like, you know, it just can just bubble over into everybody. If people yeah. would just do what God wants us to do and have the joy. Right.
1: So what is your inherent quality? You know, what, it, what is the quality, the inherent quality of your mind and of your character? what is your tendency? When you see someone that's, you know, that's in need, what, what is your first reaction? What, what is it that you want to do? And I think it's good for us to check ourselves, you know what I'm saying? um, be on the lookout for, for places that you can, you can help someone. This is what I think about all the time. I think what opportunities have been right in front of my face every single day. And I chose, even, even if I didn't, realize I was choosing I still chose to not see those opportunities to help someone and I firmly believe that I will have to stand in judgment for that one day you missed out on this opportunity and you missed out on and how good did that make you feel Renee when you you know you sat there we could have that all continuously Mm -hmm. we could have that feeling continuously I'm more of a people probably won't believe it but I am kind of more of a little bit of a
2: backwards person when it comes to that I don't just say out of my mouth it just happened you know what i'm saying so it had to be god doing that because i'm not that kind of person you know what i'm saying yeah but it made me feel so good knowing that i helped somebody and just not knowing and it's like okay who's the next person who's i yeah, just ready yeah, and ready yeah, and ready yeah, you know it's contagious <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. Like,
1: i agree well it's like we it's like a drug so our just like with a a bad drug you know you get to the point where you crave it and you want, you want it, you want that feeling that it gives you. This is the same exact thing. You can get to the point where you crave this and are looking for those opportunities all the time. And I don't think that it has to be, you're not craving, um, looking good. You're craving the feel good that God mm-hmm. gives you. Right. Well, just like what Rachel said in the Godcast
2: once again, putting a plug in for NOYC, mm-hmm. yeah. but, um, Basically, it was because of the courtesy of Christ is the reason she did what she did. Yep. And it's like, OK, yeah, we all knew that back then and we were doing good. And this the other, OK, two weeks into it, did you forget about it? You know, did you keep doing it until I don't even know how many years ago that was yeah, really?
0: It's been
2: a while. And it's like, you know, and now you do it again. OK, you need to keep it up. You need yeah. to do it after so you your a
0: lifestyle,
1: not exactly. just a trend. Exactly. exactly. Lifestyle is the key. Yeah, that's a very good word.
2: She realizes that although her main family is her main mission field, God is not content for her to remain in that field alone forever. She knows that these are God-given opportunities to be an example to her family. This type of character, this type of love is going to cost her something. It will trickle down into her children if she does it his way.
1: So I think that we get caught in, we think that if we do these for the ones that we love. That we're okay. And I think that's what exactly what the, the plan that God has. It's our family is not, they're our main mission field, uh, but we need to move past that. Another aspect of it is, is if you have spent your time in your ministry outside of the family and have forgotten the the family itself, that's also bad. You know what I'm saying? Because We we've always said charity begins at home. And I, I firmly believe that if you are working to build that, that up in your home, then you won't, you won't have to worry about, um, being for others, what God has called you to be, because they will be right behind you doing the same exact thing.
0: So with it trickling down to the children and kind of like passing it down, um, I try to it's been instilled in me to help when I see people in need or like people stacking chairs or whatever at church I try to go help and so that was you know I seen my parents and now my kids are seeing that um, when we were at and um, Tom's house I was bringing in some stuff and Callan seen me and without any prompt or anything he just instantly put his stuff down I was like oh I gotta go help mom and so he he knew that that was a part of him now because he's seen us do that he's like oh I gotta go help too and so it's just instilling that into them
2: um, at a young age. Oh, well, the joy of that! Because and not only to help family members, church members, and everything else—it's—it's it's outside of the church. That's where you're going to show the love of Christ. It's outside the church. So if Callan's starting that now, being young inside the church with mommy and daddy and the church people, you imagine what he can do outside the church at his age. You imagine if he went up to a man or a woman and said, you know, can I help you do this, or whatever? What that would do to that person? Right. Well, yeah. it's
0: instilling it now, and it's becoming his normal, like it's just a habit almost, you know, I see people in that need, no matter who it is, I help them, right, yeah, and they,
1: just to um, bring up Callan back up, um, I was standing there when he said that, she was, you know, two rooms away, he could see her, but she was two rooms away, and it wasn't, oh, I gotta go help mom, it was, oh, I gotta go help mommy, so it was kind of a, you know, I need to do this hastily, Hmm. because she needs my help. Yeah. Um, so his intent and his you know his motive were were good there um when the boys hold the door mm-hmm. for people at church i these it may seem very small to to some people, but I think the older generation will be thankful for that, so they yeah. see the the young ones opening up the door they can see they can see how c j and Rachel are raising them right. you don't think that that that's the case but it is they can yeah. see exactly how they're being raised what they're being
0: taught what's what's most important yeah they live by example whatever mom and dad do that's what they're gonna do Definitely. whether you like it or not <laughs> <Definitely>. yeah <laughs> I love yep. that the hard way by the way yeah
1: and and that's <laughs> very sad there's you know I think that we all have um instances where we're um, proud of our kids because we have done something that something good that they've learned. But I think there's some times when we all have to look at the situation and say, they did that and they did that because of me. And it's not good. You know, that's how God got my attention with my temper. I have a very,
2: very bad temper. And when Josh started doing the things I started doing with this temper and everything else, I'm like, it looked ugly on him. But, you know, I wasn't looking in the mirror to seeing how ugly I was being, you know, and God showed me and chastised me and corrected me. And I'm not saying my temper
1: has gone. I still have it.
2: It's just, it's been tamed very, very well for the most part because of him.
1: Well, and looking for, um, looking deeply for what's pleasing to God. That's what changes us.
0: We kind of switch gears with the next verse. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-one says, She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. Snow here is used as a metaphor. It means she is prepared for whatever comes. She has worked diligently to be prepared. Even her preparedness is an example for all. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She has worked to give her family the best in times of trouble and hardships. Although this could mean physical needs, I believe it also means that she has clothed them spiritually with the word of God. They prepared for hard times, no matter what that means. In verse 22 and 23, we find, She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land.
2: The clothe with uh, spiritual with the word of God to me that's very very important um, in rearing your kids up at home. Basically, you know, doing devotions, doing prayer time, um, anything that you can instill in them about the word of God is very very
1: important, at, especially at a young age. Making it important twenty four seven, not just Sundays, not just Wednesdays. Right. And if you do that, it shows. I I think that this is so clear. You can tell who does and who doesn't, and that's just based on the Word of God. It doesn't have to be anything about judging. Um, we're teaching the kids one of the lessons. Um, the first lesson, I think, was judge not. You know, we've always told them you you can judge if something's right or wrong based on what God's Word says. You can't judge whether someone's going to heaven or not. That's not your deal. That's between God and them. But you can see the fruits, um, of someone being saved and living for God. And it works the same way with the parents. You can see what they're being taught outside of the four walls of the church during the week. Clearly, whether it's
0: they're being taught the things of God
1: or whether God is just left for Sundays and Wednesdays. Right.
0: For me, it's something that I'm praying for a lot is making it personal between them and God, not, I guess I grew up a lot, like, we were taught to read and pray daily because the pastor said so, because mom and dad want you to, you know what I mean? You did things because that's what people said to do, and so I did it, and I still was able to grow through it. God still worked in me and showed me to to pull away from doing it for them and to do it for the right reasons, but I want my kids, and then my prayer is that they're doing it because God's pulling them in, because they want a relationship with God, and they're making it personal, intimate between them and God, not because... Papal or Mima or Mamal, or, you know, so it happens that that's their Sunday school teacher and their pastor. But the the, the people are. <laughs> Papal is the pastor, not Mamal. Let's get this clear. But uh, they're, they're not doing it for those people or for anyone else, but simply because God's pulling on their heart and they're answering, they're listening for that. That's how
2: they have the personal relationship. That's, you know, you know a little kid can have that personal relationship just like an adult can, right. I believe.
1: Well, it, I remember a, a message. It's from a long time ago. I can't even remember who preached it when they were talking about um, the faith. Moses' faith had to become Moses' faith on his own. He couldn't go on his mother's faith forever. His mother's faith is what got him to the point where he was. Um, but at one point, he had to make that decision that his faith was going to be his, and he was going to trust God. So it's it has to become something that they want to do for God. Right, right. She does such a good job of presenting herself and taking care of her family that her husband is known everywhere. This kind of goes with the old saying Behind every good man is a good woman. She leaves nothing to question. Her love for her husband and children, her adoration for her God and the expectations he has for her, her character, her loving kindness. Nothing is hidden, and this is such a powerful testimony that even her husband is known everywhere he goes. I think we can think of some examples of these kind of women. One being the one that's sitting with us today. And we I know Correct. she's kind of just not saying anything um, about it. And that's thats fine. Um, I'm sure that Rachel's confident in what she's doing for God. I think she's mm-hmm. fully confident. But how proud am I? That my son has a Proverbs 31 woman. Yep. Her, her children are well-dressed, well-behaved. They know how to handle themselves in situations. She herself is always beautiful, no matter what. Her home is immaculate. She is crafty and um, creative and just everything that I never was. Me either. I don't know where she got it from. It was God. (laughs) And that alone makes CJ known everywhere. I couldn't ask for anything more at all. I'm thankful that,
0: you know, I don't like to be made look good and all this makes me (laughs) uncomfortable but uh it's not me it's not of me it's god i um you guys kind of know somewhat of my story of how god's transformed our marriage and stuff but i wasn't always this god worked through me it was very not fun and uncomfortable to be changed but to to do anything that i do that you want to call me a proverbs 31 woman or whatever it's not necessarily what comes natural to me or what I want but I'm thankful that it's a God-given desire and that
1: even that shows that we know that it's not normal for our flesh to do these these types of things so what makes it all that much better all that more great is that we know that God's doing it in you it's not you doing it yourself and to see God No because God... I know
2: what her room looked like when she lived at home. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Josh I took the, Josh had the but, immaculate yeah. room
0: Rachel did. not I took before and after pictures. <laughs> it was that bad.
1: <laughs> well, and that's and that's true and I love to see how God is working in these women's lives. I mean, even with Jamie, I can see a total mm-hmm. She's totally different and she is she is following in this in this path herself. How exciting is that to see that God is mm. working in our kids' lives? It's not something that they're doing. It's something that he is causing, whether it's by um, making you feel good or making you feel bad. Either way, you can tell that he loves you. You know, Mm -hmm. there's there's things that are going to there's more good, I'm sure, than there is making (laughs) you feel bad. Um, But that probably not at first. It probably wasn't like that at first. It was probably more of, you know, the chastisement. And the more you heed to his, um, his call, his his will for your life, the less chastisement. Ch- chast- <laughs> the, chast-
0: the less chastisement. The more good. Right. Well, it it would start out with, you know, get CJ a glass of water, or do this, and it's like, well, like, why can't he do it? You know yeah. what I mean? Like God, well, like he's right there. Why can't he make it? Yeah. <laughs> and it, so it starts out with that, like why? Like, why do I have to do these things? What does it matter if, you know, my kid's hair's combed? What does it matter if I, you know, do these things? Like, why? And then now it's like, that's where I find joy. Like, CJ, can I do this for you? You know, kids, can I help you do this? And there's, it's funny how God takes the, why should I do this? And brings joy and and I, I really do enjoy getting to be a mom and a wife and take care of my family.
1: And the light bulb goes on and you're like, oh, I get it. I get it now.
2: I get it. Oh, to turn back the time. Yeah. And to be this Proverbs 31 like my yes. daughter is. I yep. mean, I would give anything to be able to sit here and say, you know, I was the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. No, not even close. Isn't I'm, that funny? And We're I'm learning not, from our own and, daughters. Yeah. And I'm not even there yet still today. I'm still learning. Yeah. You know, to, to try to be this Proverbs 31. Yeah. And it's like, I've got a long ways to go. Yeah, me We're too.
0: I, me I still too. do too. But it's this is nice to have because there, there, I've had a few books and a few resources that God has used to help me. But I think that it's key to, I know who all listens to this, but to have, if there's girls in the church or women or whatever, just have people that you know go through it together. You know, Whereas, it's all, we're all in it together. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think too, um, with the different avenues that God has given us, um, Doc, I think this this has been on Renee and I's heart for um, years to create a camaraderie with the women in the church working together because we believe that um, if the women are being what they're supposed to be for, for God and for each other, there's really nothing that the church, our church can't do. Mm -hmm. You know, God, God can use that to do anything he wants to do. And what a joy that is to know that God will use us in his, his plan, just this little church. And, we can all go through this together. We can truly be what God wants us to be as a group. Mm-hmm. When you say the
2: husband's name, you think of their wife. I mean just like when you say Jim McComas, logically you think of Beth. Yep. You know, and and I think of her a lot because Jim is on the road a lot. You know what I'm saying? And how hard that has to be yeah. to be at home while your husband does nothing. I know she goes with them some or whatever. But to me that would be cuz I know when Gary worked a lot, you know, with the church to it just aggravated me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to get your heart right. So when I think of Jim, I think of Beth and I think of her as a Proverbs 31 woman of, you know, being that supportive wife of everything that he does. And it matters how I live because Gary's the pastor. People look at me and how I react to things and how I, what I say, what I do, where I go, you know, everything. And it's like, I don't like being out in front, but at the same time, I've got to be able to be that good woman for the good man that God's put into place as a pastor. Does that make sense?
1: Yep. It sure does. And I've, I've actually spent even before we were in church, um, whenever Tom had to do something with work, the people from his work were involved. Um, and we were together as a family. It mattered to me, the example that I was setting as his wife to them, because I, I mean, I've been around people who have talked poorly about a man's wife. That's, that's so bad. And I, I never, I mean, I would discipline you. I was mean mom. I mean, mean, I still am. I still am a mean mom, but that's just what it is. Um, but I don't want people to talk poorly about me. And I definitely don't want them to talk poorly about my kids You know, so I always and probably um, like we discussed earlier, infringed on God's area, you know, and was it wore me out. It wore me down, you know, Um, so I probably should have let him have his place um, where he was supposed to have it. But I don't it's it's a big deal on how someone speaks about a man's wife and his family.
2: Well, as you were speaking, this come to mind, I'm like, I don't want to say it, but I feel like I need to say it. But the modesty thing, the clothing that you wear to me is so important. I get on Facebook and I look at these preachers' wives and their kids, the short skirts, the cleavage showing, all of the, and I'm thinking, they're supposed to be God's children. Okay. They're supposed to be a man of God. Why in the tarnation are you letting your children and your wives dress the way they are? Okay. I don't get it. Maybe I never will get it. But, I think it's very important on how you dress, also not just how you act and everything else how you dress is very, very important. You're gonna bring a reproach on your husband, but also that repro- that husband to me has answered to God of how his family dressed. yeah, and i I think that's kind of scary ground for me very scary
1: <laughs> it's very scary i that that's I agree with you on seeing what's on Facebook.
2: Well, I think that wraps it up. So. Oh, thank you, ladies, for our part three Proverbs. That was
1: really awesome. And we're looking forward to the next one. Yeah. So it looks like we're going to, if, if God says so, we're going to finish out um, this Proverbs 31 chapter. Um, unless God stops us and wants to spend more time, um, if you are reading ahead, go ahead and finish out the chapter and we look forward to what God has in store for us next time.
2: If it was a blessing, make sure you share or tell another lady and just I actually it doesn't even have to be a lady. It can actually be your husband, you know, or your boyfriend or whatever. I know my husband's listened to it and he enjoys listening to it. I mean, he's not a Proverbs 31 woman, <laughs> but he actually enjoys it and he understands and he kind of gets the perspective of us woman. I don't know if
0: that makes sense, but we thank you for joining us for our goodness and gracious podcast. We pray that this was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more information about our women's ministry we have to offer or you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com. We hope you will join us next time and until then, we pray God blesses you with his goodness and gracious.